We have covered murder houses and serial killers, but this home was a first. Our home today will take us through two very dark periods in our history. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today we will be telling you about the Tombstone House in Petersburg, Virginia. So we decided to kind of lighten it up for this episode because uh, John Wayne Gacy is kind of heavy, yeah, to say the least. Uh, and then I don't think we could dive into another serial killer just yet. No, I don't think so. Plus, like yesterday, the whole Roe v. Wade thing kind of threw me for a loop. So yeah. I'm in a good, I'm in a really good mindset, totally right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this one, it, it was kind of fun. Um, not really. I, Fun's a weird word, but it was probably one of the more unique places that I've kind of stumbled across. Yeah. And, and it's uh, definitely like a different yeah. episode for us. Yeah. It's be kind of a quicker one, but, but still, interesting. Exactly, exactly. So that being said, like I had mentioned in the intro, we're going to be venturing into two kind of darker periods of American history, the Civil War and the Great Depression. So... Just to lighten it up. Just Exactly. Just to lighten it up. Two really great times in American history. So, you know, let's take a trip back in time, shall we? To the Siege of Petersburg. Now, this is not to be mistaken with the Siege of St. Petersburg, which occurred in 1941. Quite a few years later. Yes, exactly. But the Siege of Petersburg occurred during the Civil War. And just because you know, they're, the names are so closely related. I just didn't want anyone to go Googling and then all of a sudden be like, what is this? That's I thought it was idea. Civil War, not World War One or two, or World War Two rather, that sort of thing. So, yes. So the battle that happened at Richmond and Petersburg in Virginia was actually a glimpse into the future of trench warfare. Most battles fought in the Civil War were head-to-head confrontations, where both sides kind of marched to a specific area. There was a standoff, first with the cavalry, then soldiers on both sides fighting with guns, bayonets, and cannons. What's always been kind of strange to me about the Civil War is that the fights would kind of start, then stop, then start again, then stop again. They were like weirdly organized. Weird kind of tidbit. Um, the town that I grew up in, in Ridgefield, there was the Battle of Ridgefield mm-hmm. in the Revolutionary War. Yes. Um, and, like, there's still cannonballs and a cannonball in one of the houses there, like, right. in, in the shingle, which is kind of cool. So, anyway, every, like, four or five years, they do a reenactment. Yes. Um, which we just recently went to Jesus in April. Um, so, when they're fighting on the street doing the reenactment, it's, like, the British on one side and then Americans on the other side, obviously. And... They, like, march down the street together, kind of. Right. But they stop and turn around and fight each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. every here and there, which I'm like, do they, I was wondering if they did that just for, you know, the 
reenactment so everyone could see it but that's in reading more of right about it that's how they fought that's how they fought odd yeah it's and and it's it's one of those things where like when they would take a break it was like okay we're gonna like break for dinner now everybody and everyone would just like sit down and like kind of civilized it's strangely civilized (laughs) strangely civilized so the siege at saint petersburg really kind of gave us a glimpse into kind of other types of fighting that we would see in the future and What's really kind of also unique about this is that it's referred to as a siege, but it lasted more than nine months. Plus, it introduced the more than 30 miles of trenches around the Petersburg area. It's a really long siege. Yes, it, it, it is a really long siege. I think of a siege as like... Can we say it again? Siege. siege. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for anyone who's also not familiar with trench warfare, which really kind of started around... Uh, the World War One, or became more common in World War One, they would literally dig pits and hang out in there and you'd like pop up from your trench and you'd shoot at people or throw, you know, explosives into the other side's trench. And then pretty much any mo- like war movie I've right. seen. There's trenches. Trench. Lots of trenches. What was it? 1917? Was that one of the I think that was one of the recent movies. Right. I don't remember don't what it was called, but that that was very trench warfare. So anyway, um, so yes, you see, General Robert E. Lee, who is the most confusing of all of the Southern generals, and probably one of the more famous ones. Yes, definitely. absolutely, absolutely. And I say he was confusing because he was actually strongly anti-slavery. Like he did not believe that people should be enslaved at all, but. He believed that the states should have the right to choose, and he held Petersburg and the Richmond, Virginia areas. These were key to Confederate survival, as it was the area in which their supplies were brought in and out. Then Ulysses S. Grant, another very famous general from the Civil War, he was a general for the North. He surrounded the Confederates over the nine-month period and basically put a trench-style chokehold on the Richmond area, causing Lee to abandon his posts and allowing the North to take the territories from the Southern fighters. So during the nine-plus months, there were nearly 180,000 soldiers involved in the battles uh, that, you know, that made up the siege. And of those 180,000, there were nearly 60,000 casualties. That's more than 30% of the total number of soldiers. That's crazy. It's a lot. I mean, to be expected, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just so during the Civil War, most of the soldiers died alone on the battlefield without any type of comfort from friends, family, seeing home one last time. It's not like they were brought into a medical tent. They just died where right. they were. And family members often fought family members because the lines drawn between the North and the South were just so, I mean, they, they went through areas. And so if it went through your town and you lived on the North side versus the South side, like you were fighting your family, I which can't is insane. Even It's totally crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, You know, depends on how close they are, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I guess I could definitely fight some of my family members (laughs) without (laughs) issue. So quite differing opinions. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It makes sense that you'd be on opposite sides. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It does make sense in that regard. 
Um, and it, it was really brutal on these battlefields. I mean, limbs were blown off by cannonballs. There was no Kevlar or bulletproof vests, just hot wool suits or whatever, you know, your your specific branch could muster as far as a, a so uniform. If this is going on for nine months in one spot, that's pretty much almost all the seasons. Right. Right. Um, that's so if you wearing can... the same outfit outfit for every season outside and like I don't know what month it started in. Do you? I, no, I actually didn't look at that. I mean, I could probably pull it up, but it's cool. I mean, if it started in either way. summer and ends in winter, either way, I your mean, clothes are going to be torn and tattered and you're going to be freezing. Absolutely. Or if it started in winter and so you were like wrapped up in blankets and everything and then you're going through summer and you're just like sweating to death in your full wool I mean, get up. Probably just leave your I mean, I'd probably just clothing. take my clothes off and <laughs> like run into the battlefield and everyone would be terrified of me because I would just be this insane Retreat. naked person <laughs> running at them with a bayonet. But <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, these men had like a pair of socks, their feet would be raw, they'd be infected as their shoes wore out. There was actually another battle that occurred during the Civil War where um, essentially a, a a troop from the north and a troop from the south both entered a town with the knowledge that there was a shoe factory there and they needed new shoes, all of them. And they like ran into each other right outside the shoe factory and it ended up becoming a, a battle. Oh. It was in the in the Gettysburg area. And so that always kind of made me giggle. It was it was really kind of fun. <laughs> Not, so not for them, though. No, it sucked for them. But it was it was like they were literally fighting over shoes. And there was something kind of magical about that to me. You know, men were not only uh, dying on the battlefield, but they were suffering from disease, gangrene, dysentery, trench fever, typhoid fever. The bullets in these guns would rip through a soldier on the field and they would either bleed out or have to have a limb removed without anesthetic and then have it cauterized. Which is really painful. Yeah. I mean, I've not like, experienced it. If you're it. having a limb taken off and then I like, like how are they saw- cauterizing it? Uh, like a hot iron. Just like, like they're sticking something in a fire and uh, then like, no, no, I get that. But like, was it like a block of it where they can do the whole thing at, at once? once? Yeah, I think that's because how they did if it. You're doing that little by little. That's oh, super God. painful. And and so they didn't have power tools, obs. And uh, so we're talking hand saws yep. to cut through flesh and bone. No anesthetic. You're biting down on leather and maybe somebody had some liquor to give you. And I mean, that's good it. luck not bleeding out from that or, right. you know, having a heart attack from like going into pain. shock. Right. Exactly. And dying or not to mention, I mean, they're they're using that saw on everybody and maybe wiping it off with dirty towels in between. So like, hello, infection. Like, it's I not, do not envy it's ugly. It's ugly. Not good. Tuberculosis was also a killer among the men in close quarters, and the soldiers would just kind of waste away. So, you know, needless to say, this was not an easy time or way to die. As for burials, they were just kind of buried where they fell. So mass graves happened often or just in the middle of an open and empty field. They would just dig a hole and put the body in and put a little wooden marker in. There was so much death that the living couldn't keep up. And I, I realize at this point that this isn't likely the lightness you were all expecting from the, this episode. I'm just, whew. Uh, it's basically just a um, break from serial killers. Exactly, exactly. Although, can we consider 
lore serial killers just a whole bunch of them i mean just tons of serial killers everybody's just sort i'm of sure like, there were some in there oh i'm sure and they some probably enjoyed, enjoyed it. it absolutely oh absolutely just like there are now you know so obviously not light but let's fast forward to another amazing time in america the great depression perfect yay so this was a time when we struggled through some of the highest unemployment rates of all time that the highest was actually being 24.9 percent in 1933 no work equals no money with no money it's hard to buy or build a home until one very industrious man found a way to do kind of a lot with a little so i guess yeah i i don't know how i feel about this i mean it's we'll we'll get into it we'll get into it and you guys can kind of draw your own conclusions so in petersburg virginia large graves had been erected for all of the lost soldiers in the siege they actually um dug up the bodies where these wooden markers were and they moved them into a poplar lawn cemetery and um once they moved them into there as the wooden markers started to rot away they started putting in instead like white marble um head markers like fancy exactly and they were these two parts so there was a base to it and then there was an upright like erect engraved uh the name stone exactly the date what battle that kind of thing like a gravestone like a gravestone exactly so what you would think of as a, a stereotypical gravestone There were 2,200 of these graves. Correct. Correct. In that area. Yes. Then once the depression hit, the graveyards, you know, they were like short staffed. They couldn't afford to feed it. Feed, please. They couldn't afford to pay a ton of people. Well, I know that's exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That just took a really dark turn. (laughs) Exactly. That took an odd, dark turn. So they couldn't afford to pay people. And since they couldn't really afford to pay people, the upkeep became hard. And so they came up with this idea that they would remove the base stone and then lay down the engraved markers so it was flush to the ground. And then once they were flush to the ground, there was less grass to mow because the stones covered more area. And you could put the mowers like right over right. the stones. So a lot of cemeteries have these. Yes. Yeah. Type ne- of. Definitely. It's it's I, I think it became more common at that point yeah. um, instead of the upright or like the big grand markers and the whole family bits and everything. So it, it worked out pretty well. The mowers could go right over, not disturb them, saved everybody money. And they, they had this these remaining blank stones. There were twenty two hundred of them in all. And so they decided, let's auction them off. You know, that'll be another way to fund some stuff. A man, Oswald Young, won the auction and all of the pieces of white marble that used to be grave markers for a whopping $45. That's insane. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a, um, a lot of white marble. It's a lot of white marble. Imagine how much that would be now. Oh, my God. So it's in today's money, that $45 translates to about $1,026.45. Okay. Still super inexpensive. Right. But, I mean, if we were to buy enough marble to build an entire home out of it would be just astronomical nobody nobody does it because so, spoiler nobody... alert that's what he does oh yeah him. oh sorry yeah spoiler <laughs> alert and so literally i would kill someone to build a stone house for a thousand dollars or you know yeah that'd be really nice yeah I absolutely mean, even if it's like uh i don't know 
a little shack. I'll take it. It can be the crappiest little house <laughs> in the entire universe. But if I could build a house for a thousand bucks, I'm That's all like in. almost free. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Might as well be free in today's money. Okay. Now, granted, it's not the world's cutest house. And it's literally made from the basis of grave markers for Union soldiers whose final resting places were disturbed and moved to Poplar Cemetery. But it's so cheap and it probably stays nice and cool down in Virginia because marble, you know, holds yep. on to the cold and everything. Um, I, I don't know, though. I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it. I mean, you would have a lot of ghost stories. I mean, tell me. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure just because like they're they're so close. Yes, absolutely. They were graves. I know. I know. All like right. literally someone's grave. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the engraved part. It's not like a. Can you imagine if he used the engraved okay. part? Well, actually, so, so there's um, another theory, not a theory, but a different version of how that came to be the house. Um, so. The other version of it, I guess, is um, that the graveyard the cemetery ripped out all the tombstones and replaced it with something much easier and to maintain yeah like all together and probably cheaper material used, and everything too yeah so yeah. he bought the actual gravestones with <sighs> the names engraved and flipped them so, so that, they're facing inside the house oh my god and then uh, you know just put something over them probably like a plaster, like plaster or something yeah, yeah. Something plastered over them oh, to hide the god. names Oh, my God. No, so, that I couldn't do. I don't know which version is true. I don't think I could do that. I'm good. Well, I mean, if you're ever curious, the, the home, unfortunately, used to be able to take tours of it, but it's now privately owned. So all you can do is kind of respectfully check it out from the road. Who did that? Why would anyone buy that house just to live in it? I mean, that's kind of a historical uh, home that... I know. I know. Should be open to the public, in my opinion. I agree. Or I, at I least should, an Airbnb. Exactly. I should be able to go and stay there and, like, touch the walls. <laughs> I should Agreed. definitely be able to do that. So the address is 1736 Young's Road in Petersburg, Virginia. So go knock on their door and ask if you can see the inside of their house. For real. No, don't do that. Because <laughs> and just uh, do it, but don't tell them that we sent you to do it. And, you know, from all the photos, it's literally right on the road. So you can't mm -hmm. miss it. I mean, it's like in town right on the road. And again, it is white marble. So you can't miss it. Yeah. It's like, going to stand out. It's not just it doesn't blend in with the other at, house. At all. <laughs> at all. Uh, um so yeah that's that is our episode for today and slightly shorter but slightly shorter but kind of fun and interesting and hopefully a little bit of lightness in your weeks too so we would love to hear from you guys if you've got anything that you want to hear from us on any episodes, that kind of stuff. Uh, we do realize that we have ads now. And if you're looking to go back to an ad free format, just keep in mind that we do have a Patreon. And for as little as like three bucks a month, you can get all of our episodes ad free and as soon as we're finished with them. So sometimes you get them like a few days early, which is kind of cool too. And you can binge stuff easier. Sometimes. It depends on how Some our weeks are going. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're busy. So <laughs> sometimes that happens. Um, yeah, so it's a good time and, uh, definitely check us out on there, you know, hit us up on Instagram and keep in mind that September is going to be here before we know it, which is get your tickets now. insane. Get your tickets, book your hotel room down in Atlantic city. Come see us. It's going to be great. We're going to be celebrating 
my parents' 50th wedding anniversary and my mom's 70th birthday while we're down there. And our podcast. Oh, yeah. And our podcast, too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So definitely come check us out. And we're, yeah. I mean, we'll, heck, we're, we'll invite you to the Sugar Factory. It'll be great to, you know, bring the fans. It's going to be awesome. You have to we'll pay. We'll share one really no. large drink. <laughs> exactly. One <laughs> giant cocktail with a thousand straws. So get vaccinated, then come to the Sugar Factory with us. It'll be wonderful. And that's it. That's it. All right. All right. See you next week. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye.